This week on The Reverse Stick, we ramp up again following the Christmas break with the official Boss F Hockey Collector's Edition. And we speak to Jay Hardiman from the Hockey Dreams Foundation about their work in Africa. And welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. I'm an anarchist, and I'm joined by a sucker. How are you, sucker? Yeah, I'm not too bad, anarchist. How are you going? Oh, I'm pretty good. Just anarching away. Yeah, that's odd. No, I'm not going to say what I was just going to say then. Welcome, welcome to everybody to episode 31 of The Reverse Stick. It's a new year, and all that silliness of the festive season, we're going to leave that behind us and get focused, get down to business. That's quite all left us behind, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, get on with uh, 2018 for what's going to be a huge year in hockey. Yeah, looking forward to it. But we've got a little announcement before we carry on with the rest of the show. That's right, we certainly have, and... Uh, we're very pleased to announce that we have a sponsor on board for this week's episode. So, as John mentioned at the top of the show, it's the Boss F Hockey Collector's Edition. Uh, so we'll just tell you a little bit about Boss F Hockey to start off with, I guess. Uh, the, in particular, the Boss F Hockey Box is the only field hockey subscription box service currently available in the world. They ship box, six boxes per year, packed with hockey gear to keep you looking and playing like a boss. They also offer the only subscription model for Shamwell Grips to make sure you're getting the most out of your stick with 6 or 12 month refresh options. And they also have a range of one-time purchase items including some limited pass stock boxes all available at www.bossfhockeybox.co.uk. So go and check it out there and we'll talk more about Boss F Hockey as we go on through the show. There's also a special bonus, John, oh. and that's for any order that's placed through the store with uh, $5, sorry, £5 or more value. That'll qualify to go into the entry for the prize draw to win the hockey stick chosen by you. So Not you, by the winner. You sign up, you tell them what your shoe size is and your shirt size and or what, what particular bits and pieces you'd like. That's and it, get your specifics and then you'll get some swag. So I'll just give you a little example of uh latest one which is up there. There is a Boss, this is Box Zero, Boss F, uh, Boss F Hockey Box uh, custom T-shirt, two Gribbid Pro Grips, that's the Shamwire Grips, a custom wristband, some A4, uh, A4 coaching material, video coaching resources from MT13, it's a coaching, coaching team over in the UK, and a digital copy of the Planet Hockey magazine on a, a little uh, USB stick there for you as well. So, yeah, absolutely great value. And for, for the hockey lover, why wouldn't you sign up? And you up? get one every couple of months. But, yeah, you can sign or up for the regularity that you want to you do. Oh, excellent. Well, talk more about that you over the next will. coming weeks I need one of those things that goes across the back of your hand to stop people from smashing it news <laughs> <laughs> so where do we start oh. probably some of the results from the, the past indoors. few days yeah some, some indoor stuff been going yep. on um our friend Jabu from South Africa was over with the South African women's indoor side in Croatia for the Croatia Cup in Zagreb Geez, it looked a little bit nippy there, but of course they were playing indoors, so they managed to. <laughs> it still would have been cold. cold for Tyron. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, inside. Uh, there was certainly one of the games, maybe a couple of the games that Tyron was um, streaming direct from the stands, probably from his phone or something, <laughs> or from his computer, and uh, did a great job. We had some super commentary, and he was very responsive to people getting on. You can, I think, you can go to the the, the final game. Uh, which South Africa won, I believe, 10-1. Uh, they, the girls there kind of dominated the, you know, the, the competition. Uh, on the men's side, Croatia um, were the winners. Um, 
yeah, but he's very responsive. So they go to about 44 minutes um, on the final game on the Facebook page, and that's on the SAW Indoor page. So just search that, or you'll find it through Sports 24-7 and uh, Tyron's uh, site there. And, uh, yeah, he was very responsive, and you'll find him doing a nice little Australian accent. Yes, and uh, <laughs> a special message for Tyron. Uh, we appreciate your efforts, you big oak. <laughs> he's been working on that for about yeah, four days months. Okay, um, well, that was the Croatia Cup. We've also, just uh, to mention, coming up... Um, well, Malaysia, Ho- Malaysia Hockey League's just uh, gone through the first oh, sort of the stage. Did you, could you find any results about that? Yeah, there's st- well, I saw stuff come up on social media. I couldn't see okay. anything direct on there's the Malaysia Hockey. There's nothing on the Malaysian no, Hockey like about you know, how teams finished up in results. But it's, it's got the calendar for the upcoming games, but nothing about what's so happened. The, but the uni side with Payette and some other big names in there, they took out the first of the, the competition. That was the knockout competition, wasn't right, yeah, Over yeah, a weekend yeah. or three days, I think they played that. Yeah. And then now it's going into the pools competition yeah, of the so league, so to there's speak. more cups to be won and overall yeah. title champions and all that sort of stuff but all coming up and we'll try and get some results some, some of the league stuff is going to be streaming certainly in Malaysia which yeah. um, I think it's through the well, uh, the online uh, portal is Enjoy I think N-J-O-I um, so I don't know that that's I don't know whether the hockey is actually going to be featured on that free streaming system that they have it's certainly going to be available locally so I wouldn't be surprised if we could probably You'll be, right across be able it. to find that somewhere. I might have to go and stay with your gran in Singapore. Yeah, you might have to. Uh, there's also the Euro Hockey Indoor Nations Championship 2 and Championship 3 kicking off, uh, well, over the weekend that you're probably listening to this podcast. It's getting underway. Uh, Euro Championship 2, Croatia, England, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal, Turkey, Sweden, Ukraine involved there. And in Championship 3, it's Belarus, Cyprus, Scotland, Slovakia and Wales. Uh, Number one grouping gets underway for the Euro Indoors on the 19th of January before the World Cup kicks off on the 7th of February. So that, and that number one is going to be streamed live on the yes, Euro Hockey site, will. so we'll be, we'll be putting that information out and, there. And uh, we're trying to get someone from um, Germany to speak to us about... A, a couple of names have been thrown up and been in conversation, but it hasn't worked out, but we'll, we will be speaking to people involved with those uh, indoor tournaments and getting some low down in the next couple of weeks yeah, looking forward to that uh, India now I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about India when we are talking about the, how it doesn't have a league as we would know it and I thought well it's you know we talk about what happens in Europe and obviously other places so give us an, ourselves an idea of what happens in India and how hockey's played I thought we'd keep an eye on what's happening in the Indian domestic scene now yeah. It's a little bit difficult. I've tried for a couple of days to get my head around exactly how it works, and I've got to admit, it's a little bit too hard for me. I've got a bit of an idea, but not enough to start sprouting off. I'm an expert, so we will be also talking to Jazz Protsani. Jazz, I'll be getting in touch with you, by the way, mate. I was waiting for a sound effect to come in. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, um, we'll be getting in touch with Jazz and sort of work our way through exactly how the, the Indian system works, but... There is a calendar, if you go to the Hockey India website, comes up with a calendar. It seems to be, it's all tournaments. There's no league as such. There's no leagues. And uh, it's, it's all just a series of tournaments across the year. And at the moment, where we've got the 8th um, the Hockey India Sub-Junior Men's National Championship B Division, that's happening in Assam, and the 8th Hockey India Senior Men's National Championship B Division, which is happening in Imphal, Impal, which you'll probably want to talk about in a second now. Yeah. Off the Hockey India website, uh, I can't give you any results. That competition got underway about three or four days ago. 
to give you an idea of of what a, a nightmare that it could be trying to organise Indian hockey, in the B division there are eight pools of four teams. There are 32 teams plus one pool of five, so that's 32, 33 teams. Yeah. And uh, that would be a major headache as an organiser to get organised from the 7th to the 21st of January. So essentially two weeks. Oh, yeah, it would be for those that are putting the, the uh, team names on the shirts as well. Oh, we've, yeah. We've, we've got in there, we've got the Major Port Sports Control Board, always been a big fan. Um, Central uh, Industrial Security Force. You wouldn't be messing with those nah. boys. Uh, the, the Sports Indi- Authority. Industri- <laughs> industrial Security, though. Now, the Sports Authority people, they were... They were the interesting one because if they're the ones handing out the money for hockey in India, no one's going to be beating them too often, you wouldn't think. And the Food Corporation of India, which got me wondering about why there were so many problems we've heard about because <laughs> no, the Food we, Corporation we will, we will of India is there. <laughs> um, look, there's no results up from the day's play so far, but it is a very long, six games a day, every day. Um, it's a big tournament and it'll end up with one winner from those 33 teams so I'll try and get some more information for next week If, as far as the national men's and women's senior top division goes the A division uh, the senior women's tournament was held at the beginning of February from the 1st to the 11th in Ranchi and the men's tournament will be held from the 15th of March to the 25th in Lucknow. So uh, hopefully we'll have a lot more information about the teams and the players who will be involved in those tournaments. I imagine there'll be a lot of uh, other national teams turning out there. Oh, geez, you just think the sheer number of players involved oh, just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, you, you're right. And um, it's, it's incredible because you go through the B division, A division, you know, there's so many different teams. Yeah, yeah. And this is it, and we, we wonder why things happen a little differently over there. Well, you've got to please a lot of people when you're sitting around the table, haven't you? Well, you do, that's right. And speaking of pleasing people when they're sitting around the table, apparently some of the players weren't too happy with what they were receiving around the Are table. Are we going on to that now? We've finished a couple of bits of news to finish okay, up with. Okay, you so, finish those news uh, The Jaffa Sixes, that's all. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the qualifiers are now in place in the UK for in England for that one. So the, the finals coming up there very soon. The finals coming up there very soon at the Copper Box. Um, we've got the Four Nations Invitational coming up in New Zealand. That's New Zealand, India, Belgium, and Japan. Japan, Japan playing in that yep. one. Um, and Hockey, Hockey New Zealand have announced that all of the games will be streamed live on their Facebook page. So just go and look Excellent. for Hockey New Zealand on Facebook or Vantage Black Sticks on Facebook. Uh, half of the games, the first three games are played in Taranga and the next in Hamilton. So they're splitting it up there and around the place, around right. the country. And there finally are a couple of other bits. The Asian Games qualifiers are on in Bangkok for the oh. ladies. Um, I did get a message through from Mohit saying oh, I didn't really like the look of the draw for it. I think it's a tough one to uh, to do too much with. There's uh, They play over nine days and there's two rest days in between. So some teams have got to go three days back to back, but then they get a day off and then they've got another two two games and then a day off and then another two games. I think it's hard. There's always going to be somebody that's got to be the team that doesn't play on the very last day and have those first six games sort of compressed. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the answer is there with it, that one. It's a round-robin tournament, though, That's right. There's yeah. no finals. No so finals. It's just know, a league. Yeah, just yeah league those problems format. really start to creep in when you start throwing finals in on the back of pool games. Yeah, and the timings of the games are pretty good. I think the first, first game in the day is 4 p.m. every day, and the last one is 8 p.m., so... 
you know, yeah, you, there's not too much of a disadvantage that you go, you know, potentially going to bed at ten o'clock and and being back up at six to play at eight or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Anything more on the news? Uh, oh, what about the uh, funding? Do we go? Do we talk about funding before we talk about food? <laughs> Uh, no, nah, we'll, we'll do a separate bit on the funding as well. Oh, we? we'll, we'll save that for between our featured interview, which tonight, today, whenever you happen to be listening, features Jay Hardiman from the Hockey Dreams Foundation. Yes, it does feature Chase Hardiman of the oh. uh, Hockey Dreams Foundation. And now, Chase. Are, are you speaking Belgian or Dutch there? <laughs> it's Dutch. It's nowhere near. Sorry, Chase. Sorry, Jay. Uh, yeah, he did. Jay. He did kindly uh, say, look, if people struggle with my very Dutch name, and it's G I J S. Yes. Um, then you can just call me Jay. And we said, oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Jay. Uh, he's coming up soon. Okay, let's get to uh, the India thing then. So, thing. That's the, the only thing. That's the only name I can... Well, it's in relation to one of the tournaments that you mentioned there before, and this is the one The in B Division 8 India Hockey Senior Men's Championship. Subdivision B. You've got to go a bit further. Yeah, up Subdivision there, yeah. B. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well, some pictures floated up on social media uh, around the 6th of January, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, it, yeah, a few different people posted it up. There's a couple of articles that were written um, in Indian press, and it was based around the uh, poor facilities and catering and sanitation and the general setup for the players. Now, some of the photographs that were, were shown were um, yeah, pretty pretty rank conditions and uh, yeah, not, not very pleasant whatsoever. Um, now, this then prompted a response from Hockey India, who got on the case. From, from what I believe, from what I read, Elena Norman, the, the uh, CEO, was on a plane and was on site the very next day Bang. to try and rectify the problems. Well, I believe every every room, every pl- every well, well everything. Just, this is from the Times of India, um, asserting that issues plaguing the senior men's national championship in Imphal have been addressed. Hockey India CEO Elena Norman said the players will vouch for the effort of the national body the national body has put in. Hockey players arriving in the Manipuri capital to participate in the 8th National Championship had complained of inadequate facilities. The athletes had said they were, they were not provided blankets, adequate food or proper toilets. Infrastructure is not a problem. There weren't enough resources. I went there personally, visited each and every room, ate with the people there and now I can say that every issue has been addressed, Norman said. She said the organisers perhaps underestimated the logistical requirements of the event before getting things back in order. The athletes understood we are there to help them and they are now satisfied, the Australian, who was appointed Hockey India's first CEO in 2011, said. Mm. Asked about the logic behind giving small tournaments to Tier 2, Tier 3 cities like Impal and Hodjhai in Assam, Norman said Hockey India wants to give a chance to everybody. We want to obviously give a chance to everybody. We don't want to take them to the same centre again and again. It's not about lack of infrastructure. So there we go. So what what we have there is Hockey India realising that there is a problem of some sort and dealing with it. Bang, on a plane. Whatever happened, whatever magical powers that Elena Norman has to get things happening, it certainly worked because the very next day uh, the facilities look very different 
the quality of food was vastly improved. Um, Still didn't look like you'd be racing back to kitchen for dinner time, <laughs> did it? <laughs> I mean, no. it wasn't an a la carte buffet or anything. But no, it was an improvement. An improvement and clean beyond all belief from what was originally uh, you know there and so they've got lots of pictures now popping up on various sites of uh, happy looking players some of them not looking well, not looking that bloody happy but um, happier looking players you don't know uh, whether they just lost or not though that's right um, so okay there's a problem Hockey India have stepped in to sort it out now as we found of late affairs of Hockey India have also been quite high on the priority list of the current president of the Indian Olympic Association um, now well I'll, I'll just I'll read this very I'll first quote. post I won't, I won't read please quote I won't read all 14 uh, installments it's part 1 through to part 14 in separate Facebook posts on the uh, the personal Facebook page of the Indian Olympic Association president uh, part 1 Sports Authority of India SAI Kolkata, officials manipulated story. Since 6th of January 2018, Mr. Manmeet Singh who is a regional head of Sports Authority of India based in Kolkata, has been sending below pictures to press and media at the directions of a very senior officer of Sports Authority of India, based in Delhi, to put hockey and also other sports in bad light. Okay. Um, so those are the original pictures uh, uh, mentioned yes. there that, that we just talked about. With all the very unhappy-looking gentlemen lying on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, you wouldn't want to lie on the ground. Um, the very senior SAI officer in Delhi, who has a nickname called Anarchist, sorry, it's, it's capitalised, Anarchist, needs to understand such kind of pettiness will not take him anywhere. And very soon he may have an egg on his own face because of his own manipulations and misdoings. You will be getting more updates. Regards, person, President India. I won't say the name. Don't have to say the name. President India Olympic Association. So that's, that you'd have to call an official statement, wouldn't you? When someone signs off as the president of of the Indian Olympic Association, then that would be coming officially at people. I would think. Well, you would, yeah. Whether whether it's through um, a sanctioned page of your organisation or your own personal one. It's your oh, saying. When you it, sign it, it off like that, you do. Uh, part, part three, I like. Below is manipulated and motivated picture got circulated at behest of suckers and anarchists of how food is being served in Infile National Championship. Part four will show reality. Oh, does it get better? It's, oh, oh, that looks very nice. Is this on HBO? That's, honestly, that, that's uh, grammable, the... Uh, the naan bread and curry that they've got on the plate there it looks beautiful so we then get a picture of how the food actually looks as opposed to the original so hang on a sec is is the president of the uh, Indian, Indian Olympic. Olympic Association teeing off at Hockey India about the way that they're treating their athletes no in the name of no 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 um, what he's supporting hockey saying that these officials from the Sports Authority of India are making up stories about the facilities, about the quality of food, sleeping conditions, and all of that sort of stuff, and say, this isn't right. You're, and the, here, here are the photos of the actuals. This is what's happening. Now, bearing in mind, we didn't have the photos of the actuals beforehand. We now have those photos. Well, we didn't, but they were printed in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they've been, there's been a visit from Elena Norman, 
Well, that's what smoked bang overnight. Yeah, she arrived. Admitted there's, there was something wrong because they've said they fix things, and you don't fix. Well, maybe some people do fix things that aren't broken, but you know what I'm talking about. So, part number five, please link it with manipulated picture in part three, circulated at the behest of sucker and anarchist to put the National Sports Federations in bad light. So he's boy, obviously. Well, he's, you know, <laughs> what what the the president there is is saying is that the sports authority of India are trying to work against sport and sporting federations in India. Um, now. Geez, I tell you what, he's going to be a very busy boy. This is just hockey. He's got a hell of a lot of other sports under his remit with the Indian Olympic Association. What, what does the president of the FIH have to say about a president of an Olympic committee teeing off at a hockey association? Well, apparently they sat down and had a meeting and they're in full agreement. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, where, where does this lead to in the future? I don't know. I'm trying to find the quote where he says, you've picked with... <laughs> you've Picked on the wrong man or something like that. <laughs> Just <laughs> the wrong man. The wrong man. Oh, oh, that was just the dummy getting that <laughs> spat out of the cot. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if a five-year-old said that sort of rubbish to you, you'd say they're having a temper tantrum, wouldn't you? And the way that that's written is just like a tantrum. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, say, I'm, really. I've, just, I've just found it really entertaining. Uh, just keep getting hey, the hey, daily the other, and hourly the other, updates with it. The other side of this is this is this is also the B division, and there's 33 teams going to compete there. I think we've got to, you know, these guys shouldn't be expecting they're going to be staying in five-star luxury by any stretch. And you know, there's plenty of times we found ourselves lying on a couch to go to a hockey tournament. Um, I think we've got to be careful about blowing this situation. Oh, I mean, admittedly, what they, the, the conditions they had were a bit below par. You know, you wouldn't necessarily be happy. But it's not World War Three stuff, you know. What you're going to like now, though, is the comeback. Is, it's continuing on. Part 13 is, now SAI, SAI needs to clarify. Below is how dining area for athletes in SAI, SAI info looks, uh, as it was seen in SAI Centre info on 9th of January 2018. So there's now photographs um, of the SAI, SAI dining areas, which it's just... The, the stainless benches haven't been cleaned down properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did show me a photo before, one that Dr. Batra had posted of the uh, no, improvement. That, that, no, it wasn't an improvement. That oh, was, the, was it? SAI, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and then we've got one gentleman who makes a comment on it saying, uh, shame, absolutely. No wonder why we are so useless at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that must be it. That's the correlation. Um, but he did, the same gentleman also made um, a very pertinent comment and uh, we're not quite sure whether it's uh, fair income or it's tongue in cheek now we read it straight away as a tongue in cheek <laughs> comment um, it doesn't match the rest of I'm that gentleman's got, comments I'm about Dr. Batra does it well no he's a big of who? Hey, oh the president of the oh, <laughs> Indian yeah. Hockey oh, yeah, yeah. Association here we go Olympic Association uh, so the same gentleman made the comment, uh, some quarters suggest that Hockey India CEO visited and changed things around overnight. Request person, beep, to arrange for Hockey India officials to tour all over the country if mere presence works so well in renovation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he, if he understands that that's actually 
quite funny. It's very funny, but I don't think it was meant to be funny. I think, uh, yeah, he's here. Yeah, great. If you can all get out there tomorrow <laughs> and visit every hockey site and magically fix it, that would be wonderful. Thanks very much. Why, why you're at it, we've got some electrical work we need done down the local club as well, don't we? <laughs> Uh, I think we best move on. Well, look, we'll, we'll leave that one with you guys anyway, and you can get on and uh, have a look for yourself because it is absolutely hilarious. Some of the stuff and and yeah, yeah. Facebook pa- pages, pa- just Facebook total page petulance you know. of the um, yeah. Go to the Facebook page of the Indian Olympic Association president. That's it. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. And this week brought to you by Boss F Hockey. Go to their website, bossfhockeybox.co.uk and check out how you can get your own hockey box. Time now, though, for our featured interview. Joining us today on the Reverse Stick is Jay Hardiman from the Hockey Dreams Foundation, a Dutch-based program that runs uh, a lot of really great programs in Africa. And if you follow us on social media, you might have seen us posting some of the great videos that have uh, been coming out of countries like Zambia. So welcome to the show, Jay. Hi, how are you? Yeah, we're, we're doing well. I'm really pleased to finally get the opportunity to have a chat with you about the Hockey Dreams Foundation and uh, the work that you do. So could you tell us uh, a bit about it, please? Um, yeah, well, uh, my pleasure to be on the show. Um, always nice to talk about the foundation. Um, we've been active for about five years. Um, and uh, we... It was about it was five years ago that the Dutch Hockey Association asked me to go to Zambia to coach um, some development coaches. They just put the first pitch in on a on a uh, international Olympic Committee sports facility called uh, uh, the Olympic Youth Development Centre, and there was no knowledge at all. So the Dutch Hockey Association pitched in and sent some people who taught coaches how to be a coach, and I was the last one of that. And uh, I worked there for about six months and trained coaches and uh, worked a little bit on the on the club structure. And when I was about to leave, I realized that if I go now and I don't do anything, it, the whole thing will collapse. And I've basically done my work here for nothing because there was one container of equipment. There was no uh, vision on where to go. There was no new container coming in. There was no money for education to coaches. So I decided to start a foundation and to raise money to hire the coaches, basically, and uh, and take it from there. And that that got out of hand a bit. So um, um, we actually run an office now in Amsterdam, and um, uh, we're still a small organization, lots of volunteers, and um, but we're very, uh, I think you guys say vibrant, so there's a lot going on, there's a lot of opportunities, we've moved from Zambia to uh, Malawi as well, and Uganda, and we did a little bit of stuff in South Africa, um, supporting some projects in other countries, so hopefully in five or ten years time we'll be globally supporting development hockey programs. So I'll take you back to the start a little bit, Jay. How do you, what's your pathway in hockey and what took you towards this role for Dutch hockey? Me personally? Yeah. My my personal history in hockey? Yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to hear everybody's that comes on the show. Yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. I, I wasn't the star 
and I wasn't a bad player. I was somewhere in between. And um, so I never got selected in any of the national teams. I did play in the high, in the Hofklasse, in the highest league in Holland for one season, uh-huh. mainly as a bench player. Um, but I've always been interested in international um, ventures. So um, when this opportunity came up, I took it. And before I was able to play internationally for the Netherlands Antilles, which was a colony. Um, and uh, so I played the, the, the Pan Am Games and the Caribbean Games. We actually won a bronze medal in the Caribbean Games. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's a very small island in the Caribbean, and they decided, hey, we actually, within the kingdom, we've got two Olympic committees, so we can start our own international hockey team. And I never set foot on the island and became an international <laughs> player. Of so, so how many times um, did you play for them? Uh, Eleven caps. And um, we went to the Caribbean Games and to the Pan Am Games. And so we played a lot of the Pan Am regions of Trinidad and Tobago, Cuba, the USA, um, Canada, um, and some other smaller countries. And it was basically just a lot of fun. Large group of guys wanting to have uh, an international experience. And we did okay, um, but there was no real stuff to really progress to the top of the world or something so and now actually the country doesn't exist anymore so (laughs) um, you're not taking any blame for that are you no 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 the the Antilles had a reform of their structure and um, so the 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 status that they have changed and that's how their Olympic committee was um, um, yeah how we call it 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 had to disappear so there's no Olympic committee anymore for the Netherlands Antilles so I'm an ex-international player of a country that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. So, yeah. the Hockey Dreams Foundation, that takes you, like you say, in Zambia, in Malawi, in Uganda. What does it look like on the ground for the, the programs that you're putting into place? Um, well, we basically hook up with an existing structure. So, when I was sent to Zambia, there was an existing something, and I just progressed with that. Um, and we tried to create a local um, group of coaches. So, we tried to select um, one or three coaches, and then we grow into a group of ten. And they run the programs. All we do is give them a handout on um, what we kind of expect. So, uh, but we put a lot of the um, responsibilities with the local community. And um, so in Zambia, our coaches, they, they all have their own project. So they have to find a group of kids that they can train. So they either go into a compound school and they ask if they can do weekly PE sessions with hockey or they gather up a group of compound kids and they train them on a grass pitch somewhere. Um, then next to that, we, uh, from the organization here, we start off some communal programs, which is the hockey camps. We do in, uh, in cooperation with Squadways Hockey Camps in Holland. And um, so they organize these three-day hockey camps for kids. The kids can, can join for free. And for about two or three days, they get hockey all during the day. They get food, which most of the kids, they don't get food every day. So they, they start the day off with food. Then they have hockey, they have fun. And we try to integrate some social skills like uh, 
um, uh, gender equality, uh, how do you treat girls or boys, or how do you uh, work together, or uh, other stuff like hygiene. Uh, we try to explain to kids that they can get sick if they don't wash their hands. And when I say we, I mean the coaches there, because we are in Holland, we're 10,000 kilometers away, we don't run the programs, our coaches do that. Um, and then all the coaches have to go to school. So whenever we start with a coach, we determine where they are in their school uh, careers. Most of them are school dropouts. And we make sure that they're back on track for school because basically they have the right to be in the program until they've finished an education that they can get a profession with so they can find a job. Uh, so most coaches join us before grade 12 which is, um, I don't know, your system, but I think you guys have the same yeah, system, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's completely different to the Dutch system. Um, but, yeah, so at grade, so they have to pass grade 12. And recently we just changed our structure where when a coach passes grade 12, they have to write a request for the next step, for basically their master, we call it now. Yeah. Um, is that, that, that we invest in them, in their, um, how do you call the education after grade 12? To learn a profession. University. What's that? Tertiary. Tertiary, okay. So they get a, they, they have the opportunity to get a tertiary education, which we've got two girls that, that are in a catering school. So it's a three year catering education. So when they finish, they can find a job in a hotel. Um, we've got one guy that wants to become a PE teacher. And then most of our coaches are still under grade 12. So, um, hope that answers your question. So the coaches run all of these programs to, to find, to, to basically target kids, uh, from the compounds. So the coaches are from the compounds, the kids are from the compounds. Together they create a hockey community. Um, so they're, they're stuck together by the same passion as we in Holland have, the hockey passion. And, uh, and for the coaches, it can change their lives um, because they can f find their way out of the compounds, maybe. And for the kids, uh, they get um, they get in touch with a sport instead of maybe drugs or alcohol or other mischief uh, on the streets because there's no after-school programs or anything. Um, and they they learn from role models, which are coaches. So basically, that's what we do. Jay, did you have any experience with Africa prior to you taking on this role? Was it, did you have any interest in it, or was it just something you went, I'll have a crack at that? Uh, um, yes and no. I was um, uh, I had never been in Africa until 2010, and uh, which when I drove from Amsterdam to Cape Town. Oh wow. Uh, and um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a writer and photographer, and I do a lot of uh, travel stories. So um, I was working, I was actually doing an intern for a newspaper, and they wanted a reporter on a trip called the Dutch, uh, no, the Orange Trophy, and they drove from Holland with 20 orange vehicles to the World Cup in South Africa. And I was on that trip. Um, so, we, so we traveled through 17 countries in about 10 weeks to Johannesburg and watched the World Cup soccer. And then 
a few years later, I was working as a ski teacher in Austria, something completely different, and I got a phone call from somebody who knew somebody who knew me and said, we're looking for somebody who knows something about hockey, who knows something about Africa, and who's interested in sport and development. And I had just recently finished my um, minor uh, sport and development. So that all kind of fitted in, and I thought, hey, what the heck, why not? So it looks like a nice job. So that's how I got into Africa, and since then, I have been there many, many times in many different countries. I've lived in Zambia, I've lived in South Africa, and I've traveled a lot of the African countries since then. Lovely continent. So it wasn't a shock seeing a grass hockey field then? In Zambia, there's an artificial pitch. I'm not sure how long it will last, because it's about seven years old now. Um, in Malawi, there's no artificial pitch. In Uganda, there's one. Uh, but lots of the hockey is on grass, which obviously makes it a bit of a problem every now and then, because you can't really do all the new skills and techniques and everything. But again, that's not really our main concern. Our main concern is to get lots of kids together who join in on fun and, and sports and to get a lot of coaches that, that get on track on a, on a pathway to a better future. So how many kids do you think you've got involved at the moment? And you know, looking forward to, say, five years down the track, how many would you like to have involved then? Um, let me see. I've got our annual report here. If, uh, if you want to read more, our annual report is in English for the first time. It's on our website. Um, according to this, we have... Number of kids participating in kids' clinics every week is 534 in Zambia, 225 in Malawi, and 80 in Uganda. Um, Uganda is going to probably go 10 times as much next year, we hope. Um, and then the number of kids that participated in our hockey camps is 730 in Zambia last year, 580 in Malawi, and 150 in Uganda. So the numbers is, um, I don't know, what do you think? Is it a lot or is it no, I think less than expected? It's, 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 no, not less than expected at all. That sounds really good. And you're listening to the Boss F Hockey Collector's Edition of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. That was Jay Hardiman from the Hockey Dreams Foundation. And there's more of Jay coming up very, very shortly. We'll get to part two of that interview. So we break it up a bit and uh, have a little chat about what's going on in the world of indoor hockey funding. Indoor hockey funding, yeah. Well, we kind of made light a couple of weeks ago about a hockey nation like Australia, uh, the individual af- athletes having to go out and get their own funding to travel. And, uh, you know, we, we thought, we thought that maybe they were on their own and everybody else was relatively well funded from their national associations, but quite obviously not the case. No, it appears that uh, not only the Australians suffering, the South Africans are, are looking for a little bit of money as well. Yeah, and, and, and the USA. And the USA, which is a little bit surprising. You'd think they might have found someone that would step up, but obviously they've, they've got some struggles as well. I'm not sure how, how much these struggles reflect the financial situation of the associations or how much it reflects the, the association's stance towards indoor hockey. Yeah, 
or you know, I don't know. The big question that I, I've been rattling around my head for the past few days is that we've all got this impression of us being a big game. Now, indoor hockey is a smaller part of our, our bigger game, but is the game actually as big as we think it is? We talk about wanting sponsors for this, sponsors for that. It's but not. Like you said a couple of weeks ago, the uh, the numbers on some of the the live games on YouTube when we were streaming, you know, were three fifty, four hundred, four hundred and fifty. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether sometimes we think we're a bit above our station. Yes, we, we would like to grow the game because we love the game and we want to share that experience with more people. Um, are we are we set up as though we're a much bigger game? Have are Like we spoke before, are the FIH like FIFA? What's the money being spent there on wages and the infrastructure there for it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. What's, what do rental properties go for in Lausanne? I mean, that... <laughs> Anyway, it, it's it's a major problem for hockey that it has to look at the engagement of people who play the game. Now, we sp- it's not just minnow countries. No. We're, we're finding as well, Trinidad and Tobago have received some good sponsorship that has just come through from their national body. Um, and the same with Namibia that we mentioned before. Well, that puts, that puts countries like the USA and Australia to shame. The fact that Namibia are going there with more money in their pocket than they need because they've got support. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's been kind of floated around that well, yes, it's it's because it's not an, an Olympic discipline. Well, maybe we forget about looking at this hockey fives model, and uh, indoor hockey is what, what maybe, goes maybe. Olympic. Well, the other side of it is that we've talked before about the influence of government in hockey because most hockey programs are run by governments. Yeah. And governments, when it comes to making uh, you know grants and those sorts of things. You know, we have an Olympic Commission here and a Sports Commission that demand a certain level of performance, or your funding gets cut. Yeah. So funding isn't based on on need, or, and it's not based on growing sports or anything like that. It's it's all based on results at Olympic Games. For, uh-huh. You know, Australia got pilloried for their in this country got pilloried for their their last tournament, Rio. Yeah. Okay. No one no one said boo when the men won the Hockey World League last <laughs> last month. It was deathly silence in this country. But come seventh or sixth or whatever it was at the Olympics and oh failure, failure. Hang on a sec. You know, look at the talent they're up against. I'd take sixth in the world against those blokes. Yeah. It wasn't that bad a result. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as good as they'd hoped, but you know, don't hang them for nothing. Yeah. And that's one of the problems that hockey faces, I'm sure, and a lot of other countries as well, is that the, all of this funding's tied to Olympics. Yeah, so unfortunately, indoor, if you want to play, you're paying your own way. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and uh, now, thanks to Boss F Hockey, who are proudly supporting our podcast today, we're getting on to part two of our conversation with Jay Hardiman from the Hockey Dreams Foundation and Matt's going to lead off the questioning. What do you need to, to build that, you know, to, I don't know, make it, instead of 1,300 kids in the camps, 13,000 kids in, in five years' time? What's, what resources do you need and how can the hockey community help you with it? Um, we need bitcoins, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or plain old money should work as well. Um, now basically it's simple. We we run an organization here and if you want to look at the exact figures you can find them on our website on, on our turnover, etc. Um, but a hockey camp for 150 kids for three days, including food, hockey, coaching, 
um, an organization costs around 500 euros, so about 500 US dollar. I don't know how much that is to the Aussie dollar, but um, so that's the amount of cost that is for, for a three-day camp. For us to run um, a group of about 40 kids that get hockey twice a week for an hour, hour and a half, um, will be about 10 euros a month. So then we can hire a coach who can start doing that. So that is the exact cost of, uh, of, of measuring impact, which is uh, obviously the organization costs more. We run an office here and we have to send people there every now and then. Um, we have our, uh, well, all the, the, how do you call them, the overhead costs. Yeah. Um, and, um, but what we're trying to do now is we're trying to get grant because the, the, the structure of the organization is set now. We kind of know how much it costs here. And um, so basically it's easier to spend money that comes in on, on directly into programs because we don't need to have that much overhead anymore. Um, I don't think we have that much overhead anyway. But, um, yeah, so if we want to grow it, we need money to to have to perform the uh, the programs, and we need time, people's time. And I don't know about Australia, but in Holland, it's it's harder and harder to find volunteers. Yeah, same in the world. Um, same same over there. Yeah, same everywhere. Same everywhere. Yeah. So, but um, we've been running this for five years, and I I did the, the first two and a half years. And then I moved to South Africa for six months, and um, my former internship, Sebastian, uh, intern Sebastian, he took over and he ran it for about two years. And six months ago, we sat together again, and I, 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 I was involved as an advisor more and a protector of the uh, of the idea. And um, so we sat together and we decided to do a couple of grant requests, which were. Well, we're waiting for one big one to 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 fall, um, and we rounded up about ten new volunteers, and we gave a presentation, hoping that everyone would say, "Hey, I can take something up." And to our astonishment, about I think seven or eight out of those ten decided to get on board. So we have a whole new team of people now, and um, which is awesome. So we have a lot of people that are now investing their time into people that they've never met 10,000 kilometers away, uh, which is quite exciting. So the, the, the organization here in Holland is growing pretty pretty good. It's very exciting to see what we can achieve next year. Um, we just received our first major donor, somebody who uh, gives us a, a quite a large amount of money every month which makes it easier to, to, to grow. Because we've got to watch out that we don't set out things and then after a couple of months don't have the time to monitor them anymore. Because if we, if we, set, if we, if we put something out there, we need to be sure that it can run for at least two or three years. Because we're training the coaches locally how to do it. And the coaches get paid um, some money to, to do those programs. And if then six months later we don't have that money anymore, 
it was basically for nothing. I, I think we call it a white elephant. Yeah, yeah. Sustainability, sustainability is very important with it, isn't it? Yeah, we we've invested a lot of lot of time and energy into making sure that the organisation is is very strong and very trustworthy. If you look at um, our website and if you look at our, our annual reports, we've put a lot of attention into it. We want to, we really want to show people that we um, we're really taking care of of their money and we're really taking care of that the people that we develop. Um, we're not looking at numbers only. There's a lot of charities that are just wanting to show large numbers. Um, so if you give us this much money, we can reach that many kids. Um, I feel it, I, I get more pride out of coming back every year and seeing the same kids at those programs, and that we now have uh, two or three coaches in the Zambian program that started out as kid a few years back. Um, so to us, that's that's very important. Yeah, I'm sure that must be one of the, the great things is to see those positive outcomes and uh, yeah, what, you know, what, what a wonderful experience. We just published the story of uh, Miss Mac. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, yes, yeah, that's a very good old lady on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. So we've got two more of those stories, um, and um, so with Miss Mackay is awesome. She was. Um, one, she's the oldest coach we have. Most of them are around 20, and she's in her 30s. Uh, she was unable to read or write when she started with us, but she was a fantastic. She still is a fantastic woman. Um, she's like the mother to the whole group, and she takes care of all the little kids. And when there's problems within the group, she handles those. And um, so it's very cool to see that she now is able to read or write. She comes up with a plan. She wants to, to ask for a microcredit with us so she can buy a laptop and that she can progress in, in, in that educational um, area. And, um, and we've got a couple of those stories. We, we've got one coach who's um, Samuel. He's a fantastic hockey player. And um, he was in a, some, he was like in a gap year due to the educational system. He couldn't pro progress in his school. And um, so we invited him to Holland for three months. So every year we invite coaches to Holland for uh, their hockey dream program, which is one month. <coughs> and they they work with sport race. They learn how to run camps in Amsterdam. They train with a local club, and then they go back and share that knowledge. So for this guy, we decided to bring him over three months, and he was a hockey coach at Hockey Club Amsterdam, which is one of the largest hockey clubs in the world, I think. Yeah. And um, um, he was so successful that the parents of the teams that he coached um, wanted to raise money for him to come back after the winter break, because obviously there's a, the 90-day visa um, uh, thing between Africa yeah. and, and Holland. Um, he didn't want to come back because of his family, but that said something about his skill. And then he was coaching at a local tournament in Lusaka. And you have to understand, these guys, they live in, um, in houses where they, much of the time, they don't have electricity or running water. Or at the moment, there's a cholera um, uh, outbreak, so everyone's grounded in their houses. So it's proper, proper compound stuff. It's, it's very poor. And um, so this guy is coaching at a uh, tournament 
where all the rich schools from Lusaka or even Zambia are present. And those are schools that charge $3,000 US per term. So that's a large difference. Yeah, and these compound, these compound kids, they kick the asses of those rich kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens is, the, 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 um, uh, how do you call it? The CEO or president of the school? Yeah, principal. The, 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 the principal is there, and he looks at the summer of them, and he says two things to his other coach. He says, who's that guy? And I want him. So now, he got a job at that school. They are going to pay for his PE teaching uh, school. Um, he's yeah. around 20, 21. He's only finished grade 12. He now has a job where he's going to earn $500 a month. And we are sorted. We are very happy to say goodbye to the best coach that we've got. Yeah. Because he did exactly what we were hoping to achieve. That's it, and what, and what a great example then to show to all that follows. Exactly. Yeah, really good stuff. Well, it sounds fantastic, Jay, and just, yeah, positive outcomes. It's, it's um, for a hockey projects such as this, put a big smile on our face. And um, if people want to find out about the program, they can go to hockeydreams.nl. They can find you on the social media as well. Um, yeah, we are very active on Instagram, and we also have a Facebook page. And then our website, HockeyDreams.nl. And um, if you if you want to support us, there's a donor button on the on the page. We also we organize an event every year. It's called the African Hockey Experience. And they have the, we've got a, a website for that. It's called AfricanHockeyExperience.com. And it's basically it's a fundraising event where you join us on a trip to this year it's, it's still Zambia. And we go on a trip. Uh, you see for yourself what we do, you experience and you join in on programs, you meet the coaches, you'll, you'll eat with them at their houses, they'll show you around through the compounds, you'll see a little bit of Zambia as well, the, the Victoria Falls and um, some safaris, and um, everyone who joins in uh, pays a, an entry fee and they raise 1,500 uh, euros for the foundation. So that's part of how we get our funds uh, done, and we get to connect people from uh, different hockey cultures. Okay. So if people want to join in on that, that's also possible. That's a great idea, and we'll certainly share the links for both of those pages up there. Yeah, we're just looking at the uh, the web page now for that. It looks like a fantastic trip. It is. You guys want to join? I, I'd love to. <laughs> now we'll, we'll, have to uh, we'll have to count the beans for that one. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might have to let the uh, have a look in the wallet and see how thick it's going. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, those beans. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we 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 use money to pay. <laughs> so. That's fantastic, Jay. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us today, and we wish you all the best with the Hockey Dreams Foundation, um, whatever your role and capacity is. You know, hopefully it all just flutters away beyond you, and you're long forgotten, and, and it continues on long into the future. Yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea. We, we're seriously uh, hoping, and I really believe that we can join the, the we don't want to be super large, but we want to make an impact for our sports, the sport that gave me a lot, 
and um, and and that we can do that around the world in, in development countries because hockey is such a nice game and it's it should be played in more countries and this way it can contribute to a lot of people's lives as well. Yeah, we were certainly saddened when Zambia didn't make the African Cup of Nations this year, and we we talked about that quite a lot on the podcast and. Um, felt, yeah, you know, we, we could have done a bit more as a, as a, as a hockey world to have uh, made a difference there. Yeah, but yes, true. And um, but that's also the development stage, unfortunately, where Africa is in. Um, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I tried to stay away a little bit from politics, um, but it was a political issue as well. And uh, yeah. It was it was very sad. It was extremely sad for the players because they had been dreaming that it would happen. They had been believing that they were going to Egypt and finally play um, the larger countries of the continent. And they've been training really, really hard. You wouldn't believe how hard these guys train. And um, yeah, that was really sad. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that will never happen again. Well, look, you know, as you, you build a base of players there and the clubs get bigger and stronger and suddenly those support networks come into play, don't they? And, and uh, maybe they can let the, let the authorities uh, know a little bit more about the quality of hockey within the region and yeah. they might fund it. Exactly, and we're hoping to train the authorities of the future so they'll be coming from a very different perspective than the... Uh, than what's uh, currently happening. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll, in due time, in due time. I'm not saying Zambia will will become the next Olympic champion, but I, I will hope that they will, together with a lot of those those nations, uh, that they'll find their place in the international play field, which is also good for the larger like Egypt and South Africa, who've been playing the final for the last 20 years, I think. Um. So it's good if the, if the whole continent plays. Well, you guys always play New Zealand, probably. Yes. Yeah, yes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a boring game by now. Well, Australia, the main side of things, the Australians have never lost. Okay, yeah. <laughs> never been, it, in one of those games, in a, you know, like a Confederations Cup, they've, they've won every one. Yeah, it's a, it's a bigger issue, the relevance of the Oceania Cup, though, and it's yeah. a very different competition to the African Cup. Mm-hmm. But the same applies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would be good for Australia to lose to New Zealand once. <laughs> no, don't say that here. <laughs> yeah. no, I know, but they'll they'll come back stronger. Is that right? Now, they, they, New, Zealand, New Zealand quite often push Australia and do get the odd win, but when it comes to the games in the big tournaments, then the, uh, the mm-hmm. Kookaburras, I'm talking on the men's side, on the women's side it's different. Oh, no, unless the, the, you're talking 1976 Montreal Olympics, <laughs> where we got beaten in the semi-final by New Zealand. He's taking still a, smarting over that. He's going way, way back, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Australia and New Zealand have a very interesting relationship, Jay. Mm-hmm. What's that? Well... <laughs> We sort of we we like not liking each other if in a funny sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's very very brotherly. No, I understand. I lived in Christchurch in 2007, so I know a little bit of the of the culture. And actually, I worked for um, uh, Mr. Meister, Selwyn Meister. Did that ring a bell? No, I no. think he's uh, he was of the gold Olympian New Zealand team oh. in the 60s. 
<laughs> so he made a lot of jokes about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> We love them, really. But nah, we, 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 we do love them. Bless, bless them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Jay, we're going to wrap it up there, and thank you once again for joining us today here on The Reverse Stick. Best of wishes with the foundation, and uh, we'll keep an eye out for all of the projects that are coming up and do our best to share them out to the hockey world. Yeah, great. No, we, we love um, we love organisations like this that want to help and support and spread the word. And it's cool. And maybe we'll see each other one day somewhere around the world. Maybe a cool beverage is a good idea. Thanks, Jay. That would be very nice. All right, guys. Stay in touch. Cheers. All the best. You're listening to the Boss F Hockey Global Hockey Podcast (laughs) called The Reverse Stick. Uh, That was Jay Hardiman. Yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, what a what a worthwhile cause. There's obviously some great results that are, are coming out of the program there, and so yeah, if you want to help out, you can get on and find them online. HockeyDreams.HockeyDreamsFoundation.nl. HockeyDreams.nl. HockeyDreams.nl. Hockey, um, and also, you know, maybe look at getting involved in one of those tours and getting oh, over. For sure, that would be a great experience. I'm sure you'd have a fabulous time. We should do that. Yeah, we should. We should this. take the reverse stick um, portable recording studio over there with us and. That's fine. So if anybody out there wishes to fund a trip for two past it players... Uh. <laughs> With questionable coaching abilities. <laughs> OK. Uh, moving on. What else have we got to get through? Uh, we, what else have we got to... Well, um, Should we go straight to the big items? Yeah. Ticket one? Did you say ticket one? Big ticket. Well, Who? for us to discuss... No, well, no, I mean, feedback from the social media ah, right, is very right, important. That's yes. very, you should know about all of that no, of engagement you, you stuff. You can engage with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at the reverse stick. Um, you might have seen some nice, pretty retro you can pictures. You can also go to the website, thereversestick.net. Do you want to say that again? Thereversestick.net. Go, go to that website and you can read stuff. And we've got different articles on there. Stuff. And, uh, yeah, have a, have a little look. And if you, you can listen back to past episodes, you listen back to full interviews, because we don't always get to fit everything from the interview into the episode. Uh, you can also get a link to that website from the Hockey Family website now. Yes. And uh, we're looking forward to some collaborations. And you can send us family. comments and stuff. Get in touch. Checks. Checks would be handy. <laughs> <laughs> do they still make checks? I don't think they do. Right. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, we've got some some pretty pictures that we're posting up on Instagram and Twitter at the moment. So uh, just trying to keep a bit of engagement going there and share some of the nice things that we've got in boxes hidden away under the stairs. We we were asked a question too directly on the um, the socials during the week. Well, we were yes, and uh, uh, yes, yeah, it, it it's kind of. Uh, followed quite a nice path didn't it so oh, a gentleman known as Boris is ranting on, on Twitter uh, Scott Ferguson um, well oh, you've no, well, magic well, Scott, mystery there Scott I'm, I'm well no, it's all out there to see Scott I'm, I'm assuming that you listen to the show anyway because otherwise you wouldn't have dropped us straight in it with the FIH on such a matter um, <laughs> now uh, Scott received a response on this which was quite incredible from FIH um, so didn't you take the FIH in? Well, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Scott's, get a Scott's tweet was at the reverse stick. That's us. 
Hi guys, question for the podcast. Why do the FI8 social media team insist every goal is a great one in their highlights, setting the bar very low? Well, my instant response to that was, oh, was that with regard to the Tom Wickham goal, which was a, a little tap-in from Zalewski's uh, shot from the top of the box. Um, almost the second I was riding that, somebody else messaged me and in reference to the Korean goal that was was shown by one of the Korean girls a couple of moments, well, a couple of hours later after the, the Tom Wickham one for Australia. Um Somebody messaged me that, and I messaged, messaged, messaged to Scott, oh, was it this goal? Um, I then tagged in FIH Hockey by saying, in 2010, at FIH Hockey invested heavily in social media robots. This is the product. Um, Scott then responded with that one, and today's from uh, Hygiene Cho of Korea. So that was two people had mentioned it within a couple of moments. Um, I then uh, got back and said, the real inspiration for Mark Powell's goal? Breathtaking stuff. Um, Scott thought I was being serious then. Only great with the backstory attached, very humdrum without it. Um, so I just, yeah, I was a little bit tongue in cheek. Um, he then responded, he wasn't sure if he'd missed the news of her being a goalkeeper too. <laughs> then, lo and behold, um, the next day we get a response fairly early in the morning, our time, well, it would have been, would have been uh, maybe 8 a.m. Lausanne time. Um, there was a response to Boris ranting. Not to us. We weren't copied in in on it from the FIH. Hey, Boris Ranting, sorry to hear you're not happy with some of the goals that are posted. Would you like to send us your list of the best international goals so we can add them into out content? I suppose to say our our content creation list. Team FIH. <laughs> wow, a response. Now this is from the FIH. This is engagement. You've spoken over the past oh. few weeks that you write stuff and you don't get any response from anything oh, at all. Is this, they've responded? This is their direct from the FIH account. So Scott responded, It's a highly skilled sport with unique situations and you're highlighting tap-ins and basic goalkeeper saves as awesome. Lift thy game. <laughs> Which I did, I did enjoy that. Um, oh, jeez, I've just lost the whole feed now. Oh, what? Hang on, I'll get it back again. Uh, but, okay, there's the one, the one question is, what, what do you think about the standard of some of the goals that are being posted to say this is fantastic well look I, I used this conversation as a bit of an inspiration to our editorial this week and what I thought is there's no real way to no guide to what is a good goal so I've, I've, I'm going to start the conversation the guide to goals conversation so we can we can start to judge what is a good goal and what's not a good goal now I think we have a baseline every goal is a good goal and I think if we start from that and move forward, then uh, we we can end up somewhere. So we can rate these. Well, these yeah, Scott, goals. Scott's argument isn't whether every goal is a good goal. His argument is: is it worthy of being a great goal well, or an what amazing I mean. goal? That's what I mean. We're, we're going to provide a framework where people can rationally go through the elements of the goal and and figure out exactly where it stands in the Parthenon of all goals scored ever. Yeah, um, that's on the website www.thereversestick.net on the editorial page go to the home page click on it it's got editorial there and you can read all about our proposed goal scoring scoring system which we'll be running over a couple of weeks by the way because it's very intricate and involved I found the rest of the, the feed here anyway so FIH response to Scott then was thank you for the feedback we will be sure to action it as we also know that hockey is an amazing game with highly skilled and super fit athletes this one has to be our favourite from the last month though 
and then they show a, a goal from Medias Paredes with the little See, black, the little pickup from yeah. uh, flick around the back into the corner. The, the problem with that post is it shows up that the people who do handling the social media account aren't hockey players because no hockey player would ever describe it like that. It, well, this is that's what that's what I thought when my very first yeah. read of it. I thought that's. And that's not having a sledge at them because that's the way the world works. You know, you get a social media team and you no, play. No, 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 no. It's not the way the world works. Look at what Field Hockey Canada have done. They got a new PR and media guy in place, and within two weeks he was he picked up a stick and he was playing the game. Oh, maybe what they need is that the um, FIH social media team playing in one of these tournaments in India. Well, they, I'm sure they would get fit in there. Plenty <laughs> yeah, of teams there. Why not them? Um, so. Um, we didn't get any response. We we rather cheekily um, made a comment saying that it was uh, good to not, hear from. Yeah, nice to see some comment from FIH on something. Um, been rather quiet lately. Of course, we haven't seen any comment whatsoever from the FIH about whether the CEO's resigned. We still wait. We're still relying on that one article on Inside the Games. That wasn't an official comment anyway. Anyway, wait and see what happens. Um, Enjoy your hockey weekend ahead. Just on the FIH, yeah. don't forget you can still get in and vote. This is uh, this weekend's your last chance to vote for the um, hockey player, okay. the Rising Star Awards, the goalkeeper of the year, and the player of the year. I voted two days ago, John. Of course, I got my votes in for Arthur Van Doren on both the Rising Star and the oh. best player on the men's side of things. Uh, thanks to Ben Ireland for tagging us in on the Com. Commonwealth Games medals, super stuff there. Don't forget, get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And thanks so much to Boss F Hockey for sponsoring the show today. You can go to bossfhockeybox.co.uk for all your hockey goodies. Get in and subscribe to that service and support a really worthwhile and, and worthy hockey enterprise. And don't forget to vote for me in November too, mate. What's that? Uh, the Hockey FIH Biennial. What, are we getting a new president? Yeah, you're voting for me. <laughs>